Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We're back. We're back to part two of our 2020 wrap-up. Best, wrap of, the, best, best, of, best of, of the year. Gets a little loose, this one. It gets super loose. I'm sorry about the story at the end. No, it's great. It's really good. <laughs> Hang around to the end. Um, but, that, yeah, thanks. And, and we'll, um, happy new we're going. year. Happy new year. We're going. Yeah, you'll be listening to this in 2021. Happy 2021. You're in the future. Let's ho- He's hoping it's better than How's right your now? flying car? I hope it doesn't go into the side of a building. <laughs> anyway. uh, TV. I've written my top three, but what have you got? Oh, mate, I have so many. All right, make it quick. Make it quick. (laughs) All right. Okay. So my TV, I feel like this year TV really came into its own. It was great. I feel like we all watched a hell of a lot of it and it really got us through. It worries me for next year because all all that stuff was filmed like 2019. I know. So I don't know what. I mean, I know things they're doing like COVID lockdown filmings and that, but I don't know. I think we're going to get a lot of Zoom meeting (laughs) television, (laughs) which quite frankly – I fucking hate that. Wasn't there like a space movie that was made? Wasn't that one with um, what's her face from Pairs? I love you. Where they didn't they Hillary film that Swank? remote? Yeah, didn't they film that remotely? I don't know. I started that. I didn't. I couldn't. It I got couldn't cancelled get into anyway. It. Yeah, yeah. I, that was like right up my alley. Yeah, I know. You know what it was? The first episode really got you in and was so engaging and great. Yeah. And then the rest of it became more like a drama yeah. about and then like was, between yeah. the people on the spaceship. Not so great. Okay. And then well, I was like, I don't care if all these people die in space. Correct. Okay. I'm just going to go through. Remember normal people? Remember yeah, when man, people I read normal went people down. bonkers by, about normal people? Well, people was great. That's why. It was based on the, on the um, very popular. Marianne. Oh, Marianne. Marianne. Connell. Hey, Connell. We're beautiful, but we can't be together. <laughs> yeah, so it was based on the book by Sally Rooney that was also extremely popular. Um, it's about obviously Marianne and Connell and their love story. Everyone just, it was quite sexy and interesting. He was very popular at school. She was not because she was quite alt, if is that the right word so to say, weird. alternative. Um, they were like the same so level of attractiveness. Like, it didn't make any sense. I know, and they, they were sleeping together, but like he couldn't let his friends know and then he treated her horribly and then, it, the the power dynamic shifts when they go to university and she becomes like super cool and edgy and interesting and um he's and he gets kind of depression. like a fish out of water sucked in got him <laughs> anyway everyone got obsessed with it um and so did I and it was, it was good really good and I also really enjoyed later the sexy priest from Fleabag and Marion and Connell um did a little like for comedy really oh, yeah, I gotta watch that in the um confessional box it's a really great video too I would highly recommend that. Um, a particular mention to Connell's chain, which eventually got its own Instagram account. I don't know what you As he wears about. this gold chain. Oh, mate, if you're a woman or into blokes, you would know, know the gold f- chain, super sexy, on him for some reason. Who knows why? I um, Yeah, these were like big in like the late 90s. Yeah, mate, but that's the whole thing. It's all come back around. It's all I think I've got back. one of these. It's all coming back to 2020. You should start wearing it. Mm, I don't know if you can carry it off. Oh, look at this dude punching a dart wearing a chain. I can do this. 
<laughs> yeah, that's achievable, actually. That look for you is achievable. He's even wearing a playing rugby. Yeah. Yeah, the rugby in it was like a, was a very enjoyable uh, foire, soiree, soiree. This one's just a, a, a photo of him shirtless running and like, but it's not like, but is it's not from normal people. No, he's not. They've just posted and you can see his like, his package through his shorts. Yeah. Well, you know, women and men and people who are into Connell would really appreciate that. I'm into that. this guy. I think he's cool. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So they, yeah, I thought they were both excellent though. And so that was normal people. Um, My other recommendations, I've got... Ooh, um, Feel Good by Mae Martin. Do you remember that? This is 178,000 followers, this chain account on Instagram. As I'm telling you, it's massive. It went insane. I'm going to follow it. There we go. All right, good job. Sorry. What was that, sorry? Feel Good by Mae Martin. Do you remember that show? I have no idea. So Mae Martin's a comedian and she identifies as queer and it was kind of like a queer love story where she falls in love with a girl who's straight. Um, Yeah, and it's sort of semi-biographical based on her life but not completely and it deals with drug addiction. It's very heartfelt and very funny and she's really charismatic in it. It features some of her stand-up as well. I think they're doing a second season. She also was interviewed on The Guilty Feminist, but I just I thought it I was such that. a that great was my TV list. show. You would really enjoy that one. It's really, really good. So um, that was one of my favourite TV shows of this year. Um, the other one I really enjoyed was The Split, created by Abby Morgan, starring Nicola Walker. And it's just, it's a law firm of women dealing with family law oh, and yeah, divorce. It that. deals with themes of infidelity. It deals with like different people's sort of parenting styles and Ooh, relationships between families. It's The clothes are amazing. It's set in London. London. Um, and also the women in it are interesting and sort of clever, Ooh, clever. and their faces aren't frozen. You know, they look like women Ooh, at that faces. age but in – stop uh, commentary after everything <laughs> I say. Just bloody pie – shut up, shut your pie hole for a minute and let me speak. Sorry, mate. Anyway, and so uh, obviously the tailoring, as I spoke about re- like before on the podcast, was like is like really on point. So, but it's all it's just it's got a bit of like in sort of intrigue and a bit of seduction happening, sure. and sort of office romances. But it's also deals with I think just a lot of themes uh, around families. And I just bloody loved it. It was really good. And the women in it are all diverse and different and their characters are really complex. They all have it's slightly, created by and written by women. They have slightly different uh, bobs. That's what you mean by that. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And But I reckon <laughs> just recently I finished watching one of oh my, my favourite TV shows of the year that I binge watched. It just snuck its way into 2020. If anyone has not watched Bridgerton yet or heard about it, it has gone off on the interwebs. Everybody's talking about Bridgerton. It's based on the eight-book series of romance novels by Julia Quinn and it was created by Chris Van Dusen and produced by Shonda Rhimes, um, who created Grey's Anatomy. It's set in 17th century London's high society and it's just it's got a really diverse cast. Mm. It's very it's like Pride and Prejudice, but a lot more of a like a sexy romp. Um, yes. The chemistry of the cast is really great. Oh, so sexy. Yeah, very sexy, I would say. But also, I think, really cleverly done. And this, I mean, it's like the best parts about even The Crown this year that the budgets for TV shows are out of this yeah. world, right? So, like, the settings for this and the 
the clothes are quite sort of sumptuous and colourful and gorgeous and the setting is like, you know, the rooms, the way they've done it. Um, the songs in it are really clever as well because the the way they speak to each other in the, like between the dialogue between the characters sort of flicks between being oldie worldy but also modern at the same time. Yes. It deals with a lot of themes around women's rights at that particular time or lack thereof and women's, you know, women's choices and what happened to them. So it's, and it's stuff that you sort of know, but when you really see it in a more modern context, when the characters and the women are not being, you know, so quiet and demure when they're really saying what they think, you really get a sense of how, how absurd it was for women to be in the situations they were in and how really they were just seen as cattle and also Mm. not educated around sex or love and sort of put out in because it begins with the debutante ball, which I even did a debutante ball actually. I did a debutante ball At 16 women are kind of put out into the market, into society for men to, you know, ask for their hand basically and then get married off. Um, And that's kind of all their worth is around. And then even the fact that if they're promiscuous or even seen to be with a man alone or even the notion that they – that someone might have heard that they were with a man alone, even if nothing happened, they can bring their entire it family ruins to them. ruin. Yeah, and just the absurdity of all of that, which is dealt really well with in like Jane Austen novels, but I really enjoyed this. Anyway, I was going to talk about the music very briefly. I like that they've interwoven modern songs within what <laughs> James is bringing up. There's a, there's a part in the show where the Duke of Hastings, who's like the main character, licks a spoon and it's like a one second. James still can't quite understand. I don't get it. It's just a guy <laughs> licking a spoon. If any of any women are out there or like anyone who's into like... He's licking it weird as well. <laughs> no. Is that why? It's just, a, it's just literally a fleeting moment. I had a question and about this. And I remember this. thinking it was like, like really... Cool to watch. Cool to watch. Anyway, and I'm going right red now. But I thought it was so funny because I thought that and then I kept watching. You just don't think anyone else thinks the same thing. And then I looked at my phone and, like, that particular image of him licking the spoon has just gone viral all over Instagram. What if it wasn't a spoon? What if it was, like, a knife? Nah. What if it was a bee? Would you be like, ooh, (laughs) dangerous? No, there's. I gotta just... delete this off my camera roll because someone will. I'll be flicking through. They're like, "Why do you have this?" Look, I think part of it is. Oh, okay, one of the reasons why I think this show is so successful is a, it's escapism, pure and simple. Yeah, it's ridiculous escapism, um, and don't we all need some of that at this time of year, um, and at this year particularly? But it's also written and. Obviously, sexuality is a spectrum, but I would say this particularly being um, a lot of the dialogue is clearly written by women yeah, right. um, and created, well, Julia Quinn wrote it. So it it writes from a woman's perspective on sex, basically. Yes, yes, And yes. you can tell because there is so much in it, like that scene with the spoon, <laughs> that if a bloke was writing it, he would never think to write that. No. He would never Did they actually write that, it? What do you or mean? did he just improv licking a spoon? No, it's in it's it's obviously planned. Like but the whole thing <laughs> obvious. is like obvious. Obvious, no, okay. No, I just mean but it, that's just one tiny example. Yeah. Of a broader um, okay, of yeah, a broader yeah, yeah, yeah. show in that there are so many tiny moments like that through it. The way they build the tension I mean, the between chain, the main I characters. <laughs> 
No, the way they build the characters and the relationship and the tension within the show, it's obvious, but it's also so spot on. And I think often sexuality for women is just written so badly in film. Oh, yeah. And so it's just kind of like it's always written with the male gaze, like men looking at women in a particular way and then they're like, oh, yeah, and then the sex scenes are always written from the man enjoying himself and the woman just being like, this is great. But like whereas often for women it's much more complex than that. There's all this story interwoven and and there's like this real tension and that kind of builds in that way. And I just think it's so refreshing to see more and more television that's written um, from all different types of perspectives. Yeah, I think not even just for women but for uh, queer storylines and, um, and there's queer storylines in this show actually as well as having like as like diverse characters too. So there are black casts that aren't kind of in there for any particular like pointed reason. It's just that they've made characters that, you know, transplanted them into this world and you just, it, they become part of the narrative. Yeah. And I think it it just makes it more interesting and engaging and refreshing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Just to see the cast like this but also writing that isn't from one perspective yeah, that absolutely. we often get. Even in the period dramas that I've watched, more often than not, it's it's the male gaze, male perspective. Mm. So this is not that. And it's, I mean, it's a bit gratuitous. It's a lot gratuitous in, in some parts. Sounds sexy to me. <laughs> Look, it's fun. I, it's just a really fun time. So, uh, yeah, I would enjoy it. Get into it? I would totally get into right, it. I'll yeah, there's into like it. two rival, rival families. I do want to watch it. All that stuff. How many episodes is it? Like 10? Yeah, 10. They're hour long episodes, too. They're very long. Mr. Bridgerton, this is hardly appropriate. Does anyone say that? <laughs> yeah. I know the family's called Bridgerton, but the yeah, main there's girl the is Bridgerton, Bridgerton family in the Featherton, Featherstone, Featherstone family, something like that. Um, and they're kind of the two rival families plus the Duke of Hastings, and there's a prince thrown in there. Oh my um, God. And there's also like a, a secret uh, writer who writes this newsletter which is really great too, that kind of uncovers all of the gossipy secrets. So it's Gossip Girl also? Yeah, basically it's written a little like in that Gossip Girl style. So that's what all the scandals are kind of uncovered and no one knows who this writer is who's writing this newsletter. But the Queen is also in it as well. Well, the Queen. The Queen. Yeah, I think it's Queen Anne. The Queen can get fucked. All right, let's go to the next one because uh, my shows, um, you mentioned – uh, normal people. All right, upright. The Tim Minchin led. Uh, I forgot about that. He has to take your piano across Australia. Oh, it's really I good. It's got that. great music and great acting, and there's a fist fight. Oh yeah, there is a fist yeah. fight in that, and a beat up piano. Yeah. I love that. And Search Party, I really loved as well, which is getting a final season in 2021. Oh, fantastic! Uh, which is, have you seen Search Party? Yes. Where it starts as like a girl goes missing. But then it turns into a different thing. It totally does. I remember, and I walked in just as it turned. Oh, yeah. I was watching it for like you were five like, minutes. Like, and there was and a gruesome really murder. Mad. You're like, what are you watching? And I'm like, it wasn't this. <laughs> you it said was, it was a comedy. It was whimsical for eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good. I've got music here, but I've just written none. What have you got? <laughs> Just um, whatever's on Spotify. Totally. You know what? I have a few I have other. a running playlist. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, I just have a few songs. 
I mainly listened, which is what I did a lot with all of this stuff, to stuff I already have listened to for a long time because this year I just wanted comfort stuff. I wanted yeah. comfort food. I wanted comfort viewing. I watched a lot of the same movies I'd already seen rather than watching something new or same TV shows that I've I watched some, you know, Friends and Frasier and kind of comfort stuff. Yeah, and sure. so I was a bit like that with music. But there are a couple of songs that I discovered this year that made me really happy. Um, one was Pasta by Angie McMahon. Um, and I recommended that on a previous episode. It's just sort of become my Pasta. playlist for lockdown. And it was just it just represents all the feels of lockdown, that kind of idea of sitting around your house, eating too much pasta, thinking about doing creative things that you should be doing and other people doing stuff outside and the mundanity of that. Uh, cut yourself some I loved slack, it. Man. It's also just a banger of a song. Rooftop Dancing by Sylvan Esso was recommended by a listener and I bloody love that. I listened to it on repeat. It was one on my Spotify playlist most played. I can't leave this that bluff here. That was another one um, that made me think about lockdown and I think I will always associate that song with this year. Kev Carmody released um, an album which I really enjoyed on vinyl, particularly his song The Wire is really great. Um, he's like an Australian folk singer. And another song that was reckoned to me by a listener that Collings edited into just the most like hilarious little part of this whole little show that we do that I loved called The Old Man and the Clock by Elliot Park. Remember when he edited you yelling into it? You were pretending to be stuck in a clock. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember things. He made that funnier. It was so funny. <laughs> he did such a good job. So I would recommend if you haven't listened to that, scoot on back to the episode called The Old Man and the Clock and just listen to the last couple of minutes. It's mm. just James pretending that he's stuck in a clock. I wasn't really stuck in a clock. with it's this lovely editing. song by Elliot Park. Anyway, that was really good. Okay, Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Podo Castos. I've only got one. It's staying in with Emily and Kamal, uh, which is uh, Emily V. Gordon and Kamal Nanjiani. Um, Ah, They did the big sick and various other things. Um, I don't listen to it anymore. I've just stopped listening to podcasts in general now. (laughs) I don't know why. Is that because you... Because I make them, and make I, I them. but I make YouTube, but I watch YouTube. I don't know. I've just uh, I've just stopped listening to podcasts recently. I don't know why. I think it goes through cycles. Yeah, you definitely. Get sick of, so I think you also have to find something. new I need or to find different. a good murder mystery where at the end they go, we don't know, we didn't figure it out. <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, speaking of uh, one of the podcasts I really enjoyed this year, though it's a little bit disturbing, is called The Last Days of August. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this was created one by John Ronson down the. The shoot, the garbage shoot. No, that's a different one. That was based in Australia. That was Australia. someone's fall or something. Uh, Phoebe's fall. Phoebe's fall, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good show. That was yeah, from a long great. time ago. Um, mm. No, the last days of August was actually a look at the porn industry. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and what happened? August was found dead in a park. Um, yes. And kind of it, it looks, it examines the porn industry, but also um, her life in particular, and interviews people. And uh, it was just a very gripping 
show. Now, I have three episodes of podcasts that have really grabbed me this year and in particular just recently. So the first one is Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert. I don't always enjoy his show, but he does do some cracky interviews. But the the episode that I'm going to give a special mention to is called Day 7. And it's just really where he, he just breaks open his story around addiction and how he'd been sober for something like 15 years and fell off the wagon. And so he was at day seven and he just kind of talks through the mind of an addict and what he went through to kind of hide it from everybody. Yeah, right, okay. Um, and it's just raw and great and such an interesting listen to because I don't have anyone in my life who suffers from addiction in that in exactly that way. Yeah, right. Um, and it really gave me a compassion and an understanding that doesn't matter how many years, you know, down the road you are in AA or wherever else that um, things can yeah things can get to you. Well, that's what, well, recently John Mullaney went into rehab and he'd been sober for like 16 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's it's sort of like a broader lesson about being brave and honest about your life and when that happens, how it can be scary, but once you do it, it's like a big pressure valve yeah, and a right. release. Yeah. Um, and how he was kind of embraced by his listenership um, and also helped a lot of people. Yeah. Because um, he said he was basically lying to himself. I thought what was really interesting too is he journals a lot about, he said he journals all, every day, it's part of his sobriety, and he'd stop journaling because he wasn't even. Oh, because um, so then he's um, like. Because then you're not admitting it to himself. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and the stories you tell yourself, which I guess we can all relate to. Something else in some recently. Ways. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. he interviewed Hillary Clinton too recently, and really enjoyed that episode. Yes, yeah, so that's that episode. Another episode I really, really enjoyed this year was Tim Ferriss interviewing Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, was and he like, you can't say anything these days? No. Comedy's dead. No. Uh, I dated a 17 year old when I was 38. Did he say any of that? Sorry, go on. <laughs> What did they do? Can I go on? Yeah, what did they do? Have you finished your bit? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Really annoys me because I really like this episode and I think people can be many things. Anyway, the interview with Jerry Seinfeld is fascinating and so valuable if you are someone that makes stuff because it is he just breaks open his 40-year vault of all the things that his processes and systems mm. for how he creates comedy and how he keeps himself still on the stage at like 66 or however old he is and it's just it's absolutely invaluable inside knowledge yeah for anyone who is a creative anyone who writes anyone who makes anything or anyone who wants to make something this is the like genius place to start because he just makes it so simple and clear and helps you to just get out of your head and get over yourself. And the main, I think, premise of it is the work, is you just yeah, have absolutely. to work. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. But the other part of it is just treating your brain like a dog that needs to be trained and yep. you just need to have systems and processes to do that. Like you can't sit down and say I'm going to create something and write all day. It's better, he said, to give yourself half an hour and that's what he does. He writes every day of his life and yeah. he just has notepads and he sits down for an hour and when it's an hour's done, he's done. Yeah, right. And he just treats himself with massive amount of kindness. He said it's really important to reward yourself at the end of an hour and say, I've done it, well done me. And then the second day he'll go back and go over his notes and be super ruthless yeah. with what he's created. But even then when he's going over it, it's an hour and it's done. Okay. He makes it so simple. And so I just, it's just invaluable 
And I've felt really grateful to have listened to it because um, it's someone who's, you know, got a lot of wisdom to share. And yeah. I really struggle with that creative process. I think that's um, a good way to look at it, yeah. Yeah, and he really just breaks it down into minutiae and I really appreciated it. Okay, cool. so that was that. And the last one is an episode I think everyone should listen to with Mia Friedman. It was just released recently. He sent it's me called this. Yeah, 2020. The Year of Little Griefs and How to Process Them with Patria King. Mm. And Patria King is a grief counsellor and someone who's been through a lot in her life but has is probably one of the most famous kind of um, people in this space in Australia. And um, She set up this amazing foundation, Quest for Life, where she counsels people through cancer diagnoses and works. This year she's worked um, digitally with, you know, from principals and teachers to people in the armed forces basically dealing with the stuff of life that is difficult. But I just found this episode so comforting because she taps into an emotion I think we're all feeling at the end of this year, which is grief and allows you to give permission to yourself to grieve the small things as well as the big things like the loss of your commute to work, the loss of certainty around your world, and the loss of going to cinemas and catch up with friends, then the bigger losses like losses of events and weddings and holidays that were planned and then as well as seeing loved ones and all of those things. And she said grief and trauma in the immediate moment of it is very unlikely to be processed. So all of that stuff happens and you're in adrenaline mode just dealing with it. Mm. And often she said it can be a year later. So a lot of the people who went through the really horrific fires at the start of the year here in Australia are only now just dealing with the grief. So if you're someone that's sleeping a lot, if you're confused and tired, if you can't remember things, if you're slipping in life and just feeling flat and don't don't know why, it's probably because you're now starting to feel all of that grief and loss from the year. And so she just gives some really comforting words of advice. So I would totally recommend that. Fun. <laughs> no, I do. You just well, send me that. I do want to listen to it. No, absolutely. I no, I completely agree. It's definitely valuable. How have you felt at the end of this year? It sucks, man. I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm just tired and I want to lie down forever. Yeah, she Which said sounds that. like I want to die, but that's not that's not what I mean. No, it's just the sleep. Yeah. I mean, that's partly we had a newborn this year. Yeah, but I also part think of part of it is we had a newborn in a global pandemic and you just we just had to keep going. Mm. Everybody did. Just, yeah. Like and our situation was, I guess, unique in that sense, but everybody had their own totally situation. And, and I'm th- glad also you, you could do, sorry. You know, no, you go. I was going to say that all the, a lot of the hospital appointments and things you, we could do before, a lot of this stuff kind of, and not so much the tail end, but we had a friend who was going to appointments by herself and sitting in waiting rooms by herself and she's like super pregnant. She's, you know, got a mask on and like, you know, and you, you're waiting to hear good news or bad news and it's. It's awful. So, yeah. Totally. I think, look, we were really, really lucky. Something that Patria talks about and I, it really resonated me, with me was that that's what everybody's doing at the moment. It's kind of like saying, oh, but we're so lucky. Oh, everything worked out for us. We weren't as bad as that person. We still have our job. We have this or that and everything's okay, you know, and we're, you're right. Like we're so lucky mm. But you're still allowed to be feeling, you know, sad if you're feeling sad or 
whatever the emotions that you're feeling around this year, even if there are people who are a lot worse off than you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're still allowed to say, I'm not feeling okay? No, of course not. Yeah. Of course you can because, of course, there's someone worse off than you. There's one person who's the most worst off and they're probably dead. So, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but I just think we're, we should allow uh, some – Kind of cushioning yeah. around ourselves at should, this time of Should year. we quickly talk about the things that we've made this year? Yes. Uh, a baby, as mentioned. Correct. Well, mostly you. Mostly me. One thing I'm very proud of that happened the other day, I unclogged a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like mess free. I, I, I looked it up on YouTube and it's basically this dude's video where I like use washing detergent and like a bucket of hot water and it was like amazing. And I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I didn't have to. It was like a public holiday or whatever, and it would have been. Like, oh, who knows how long this is going to take, or if someone's going to come, and how much it's going to cost. And I'm not very handy, and I fixed it. So I was so thrilled. Well, here's about the thing: it like too. I can do stuff, handy stuff, if I apply myself. I just hate it, and I'm also not like I say I can do. It. I'm not good at it. Obviously, do you get satisfaction from? No, it? I mean that I did, uh, but no, generally not. No, I don't yeah. like when I mow the lawn. I'm not like. Look at this. I've done it. I'm like, I fucking hated that. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's probably why you don't do it because you no, don't get a feeling it. of satisfaction. Do you get a feeling of satisfaction after you've created a great thumbnail? Sometimes. You're <laughs> such a bloody miserable Not really. Person. Why is that miserable? <laughs> it's got a big yellow text. Do you get joy from anything? Yeah, I get joy from being alone. <laughs> My own company. Yeah, God. I haven't been alone in a million years. I don't think I've ever been alone in my entire life. The irony. Some people piled on top of me. The irony of you. The irony of you that you've like all you want to do is be alone, and you went from like sharing a room with your brother in your house to then the sharing with me, (laughs) and you just have never been alone. I've never been alone. (laughs) To be fair, you have this studio now. That's true. You're alone in it sometimes. Mm. The funniest thing was that our son is like often very similar to that. And the other day you just got sad because I said we have to go to like a fun thing Yeah, to go out to a fun thing and he just got, he burst into tears because he was like, I'm going to miss my home. Yeah. And then you're like, I know all your stuff is here, mate. I know home's the best place. I love home too. Sometimes <laughs> we got to leave. And like it's just like you. Once yeah. you're out and about, you actually enjoy it. But the, uh, <laughs> the act of leaving home is so bloody full on for both of you. As the Charlie baby Brooker and I said, though, are just going to leave Oh, the baby's out. loving going out, mate. Oh, she bloody loves it so much. She Which went to the shops with me today and loved it. Yeah, but I was going to say, as Charlie Brooker said, most things aren't really worth doing. Like you do them <laughs> and they're like, it's all right. <laughs> I beg to do that. Anyway, so that's what, I can you're, name six, what you're proud of, I can unclogging name, a toilet. Yeah, definitely. You've made a whole lot of do you, videos. Because we you. used to live. With a, a very small apartment where the toilet would constantly get clogged. Totally, because like, the lived, pipe was connected it was to a, that place It was a us. constant nightmare. So it was like this like high-level anxiety whenever you'd go to the toilet <laughs> that it was going to like backfire on you or whatever. And just to have it here, I'm like, not here, no. <laughs> I thought I escaped this. <laughs> that was like the light coming into our bedroom. Yeah. You thought everywhere we go there's always a street light shining into our bedroom. We yeah. nearly bought a house. I vetoed a house, a very nice house, because I was like, no, I cannot sleep with this. Because I always had a, I said when I was a kid, yeah, but a street light like right outside my window. When we lived up north, we lived in a paddock away from everything. And yet for some reason <laughs> there was a street light, like a proper street light in our yard. Like it was in the yard, like right outside <laughs> the window. I can't have it. I can't be having it. 
Okay, can I talk about what I'm? Don't give me this block out blind shit as well because there's the edges. I I've done it. Believe me, I know. Anyway, go on. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like your enemy, your arch nemesis, is those Venetian. Is the sun. The sun. That's the other thing Patria talks about. Everyone needs to get some vitamin D. Because yeah, uh, we sun. haven't got enough vitamin D this year. All right. I don't think you do. I All think right. I... Let's bloody let's wrap right. this up. What, what did I you made make? This yeah. year? A, a baby. Yep. I'm bloody so proud. Can we all just take be. a moment? It's a good one too. I had a baby in a pandemic and I bloody did it and she's bloody the best. And she makes me laugh and she's just so fun. She's the best. I wish I could show everybody. I'm not going because oh I don't God. post a show. Social the internet media. would explode with how cute she is. And to be fair, we might just be her parents. Well, they're both cute, I feel. But, they um, definitely are. But we are also their parents and, like, maybe, like, a little bit coloured. Oh, However, definitely. people do stop me Check when I'm this about. Out. Check this out. What do you? Oh, I know she's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can't show anybody that. But uh, why are we? we can't, this is an audio medium. We can't be showing me videos of our children. Okay, it's this the end of the year. I'll do what I want. Really low point anyway, is now. that it? Is that it? Um, no. The other thing I'm really proud of, equally, <sighs> is my cherry ricotta bunt cake. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Do you remember you filmed me? Making the bunt cake. Remember, I put it on my Instagram. Oh, yeah, I did. And it okay. was like a super fun moment. Don't you remember that? Was it good? Remember, it came out of the tin and it was like Yeah, a no, I remember. Was it good? Fun time. Yeah, it was delicious. I don't remember. I only remember that. I only remember the you, Well, you didn't want to eat any of it. So I had a piece and I gave it to my sister and my mum. I'm getting abs you're for a miser. I'm getting abs for Exactly. Summer. However, they you filmed me and just the uncovering of that bunt cake and how I was really not sure, I'd never made one before, whether it would get stuck in the tin and I bloody did it and you helped me through it. I loved that video and I loved making that bunt. Oh, I so. fixed my hair this year. I'll talk about that another, another time <laughs> oh though. God. I cannot uh, talk anymore <laughs> about you and the top of your head and the weird photo montage that you keep showing to everybody, including we'll your We'll go into dad another episode. It's a whole thing. I'll, we'll go into it another <laughs> week. It's a whole thing. Guys. Anyway, uh, also, I guess um, the other thing I'd recommend is like get some wireless earbuds if you can. Uh, you use Apple ones. I use the Raycon ones, but whatever you can, whatever you can get, whatever works for you. They're great. They're way better than like – than like wires. I think people are on today. No, I know, but not. I it took me a while. Like, I only just I adopted them last year, this year, whatever. Whatever fucking year. All right. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. All that right. wasn't a sponsor. Get literally whatever you okay. want. I don't and care. just to end, end this year with my favorite comforting words of the indomitable, very handsome Andrew Scott from Fleabag reading, everything is going to be all right. Do I have to listen to this? Yes. Collins is going to put in here. Oh, now. I can't listen to it now. Okay, terrific. Everything is going to be all right by Derek Mahon. How should I not be glad to contemplate the clouds clearing beyond the door and the window and a high tide reflected on the ceiling? There will be dying. There will be dying. But there is no need to go into that. The poems flow from the hand unbidden and the hidden source is the watchful heart The sun rises in spite of everything and the far cities are beautiful and bright. I lie here in a riot of sunlight watching the day break and the clouds flying. Everything is going to be all right.
All right, let's let's leave the show here. I think let's this is leave long it enough. Here. Got a review. Normally we do uh, we do um, letters, but we might save that for whenever we're back. When are we back? There's a best of, and then we'll be back sometime like late January, maybe. I think we won't be back till February. So it's May. All right. So. <laughs> I've got nothing in the tank. I need January off. Fair enough. I'm taking it. Let's uh, call in it. But if you want, but re- we love you very much. We do, and we will be in your ears. There's still content with at bigsandwich.co. There's well. many moons of content. That's right. But we will be back in your ears, fresh and rejuvenated in February or some other time. Maybe March. Maybe never. This is from Taylor from Virginia. You can review an app. This is it says perfect analogy. I love the podcast because it's like having a great dinner with a couple of uh, couple, a couple of your friends with. They tell you so, about some show or book that you must get into and you politely nod your head and say, oh, yeah, check that out, knowing full well you're never going to read it or watch that thing, but they're nice enough and it was an enjoyable meal and you're done in less than <laughs> less than an hour. Best dinner ever. I may be an old boot, but listening to these two makes me happy. James and Greg, uh, hashtag goals. Sincerely, Taylor from Virginia. P.S. What do you have to do to get some bonus Claire content for BigSandwich.co? Oh, she mate. seems like a natural, natural conversationalist and a decent Instagram baker. I would love to hear some long-form interviews with her and people she finds interesting. Yeah, that sounds great. We oh, should do some that's stuff. that's so lovely. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I have some big plans for 2021. You do have some stuff uh, on the boil, which is um, I do on the, I mean, early the days, but pipelines. very interesting, I think. All right, we'll see, see ya, another time. Love thank you, Collins, for this year as well, for the editing oh, and the socials you. and everything else totally. he does all the time. Oh, he's amazing. And also, thank you out there for listening to our show. We would love you oh, and welcome. appreciate you. Happy to and do it. feel very, very privileged. I know James has like a million years in his, on his stuff and eyeballs all the time. But I really appreciate you guys out there listening to this show. Yeah, and us making fun of each other yeah. <laughs> every week for half an hour. It's actually, to be honest, I have to say this to you, old Jim Bob over there. I'm not there. interested. What, this I'm half an hour a week that we do has really got me through this year. What? Because it's been really hard. Now I'm going to cry. Well, but, I'm not going to cry because that's lame. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I just wanted to thank you so much because you made me laugh all year and kept us going and. I love you very much. If anything, you've kept us going. <laughs> I've just been screaming into the void. You don't know this, but I go into the other room and I grab oh, a pillow and I put it over my face you. and I go, can I hold this here long enough to make me pass out? <laughs> and I never have the guts to go through with it. Oh, but no, you've been amazing this year. And just all, and, and having a baby? You're kidding me? Incredible. Oh, look. I fucking a- suck. Like I, I spend every second with me and I'm like, oh, boo, I'm the worst. And every year I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've always been bad. I've only just realised. <laughs> yeah, you did have an existential crisis recently where you said to me, I need to be better. Yeah, I'm what like, what's wrong me? with I'm me? I'm such a negative person. I'm, I was I like, suck. you've only just realised you're a negative person. <laughs> That's your entire personality. You said to me, I'm going to change, Claire. And I thought to myself, what do you mean, like trans? No, I just mean openly. I'm just going to be openly more positive. Not on this, but just <laughs> well, like in real I life. I feel like if you counted the amount of negative things you've said over the last hour, I feel like I believe you could do anything <laughs> you want, James. I think it's but real. being a positive person. No, I can do it. Even though it was like nothing's worth doing, I literally said that. Anyway, we got to go. Well, I love you. Thank I love you. you for this and year. goodbye. And we love you, the listeners, in a very platonic uh, way. We do. Yeah. And go watch Bridgerton. Yeah, watch Bridgerton. Watch a man lick a spoon. Watch a man lick a spoon. <laughs> Maybe I'll 
but a video of me licking a spoon. Um, what? Yeah, you can give it what? A go. Why is it? <laughs> why can't I lick a spoon? You can lick a spoon. I'll lick a spoon. All right. I'm going to lick a spoon right now. I'm going to lick a spoon all the way up. I'm going to lick the length of a spoon. It'll be a wooden spoon, a long wooden jam spoon. You end up with a splinter on your Yeah, tongue. Bridgerton. Uh, I have a story to tell you very quickly. Oh, God, what? Are we what? done? No, no, no I'll save it. No, no, tell us. Why not? I totally forgot about this You can't story. leave it because you'll forget. i saving it for the podcast. Okay. It's probably not even that great a story, but it made me happy. So... I was sitting the other day. I went to go and had an appointment at the hospital. Yep. And then afterwards I went to have some soup in a cafe and it was like really delicious chicken and vegetable soup and I loved it and I you, was loving it. You came home, you were raving about this It was soap. such delicious soup and it was in this little like Vietnamese kind of hole in the wall in the hospital I'd never noticed was there before run by these two beautiful women and they were chatting to their customers and it was such a lovely day and I'm just sitting so there. Tell, I'm going to get some of this soup. I'm like, well... Here you go. I want to see your reaction. Anyway, so I'm slurping away at this delicious soup. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see a pigeon, like a very fat, happy-looking pigeon oh, yeah. just walking. And I, this was like the restaurant was in the hospital, by the way. Like it wasn't on the side, on the street. It was like inside the hospital. Yeah. And this pigeon just like walks under my chair and then walks around the corner, around the counter and into the kitchen. <laughs> and I hear a woman behind me go, oh, that's the there's a pigeon in your kitchen. And the lovely Vietnamese lady behind the counter said, oh, yes, when the pigeon arrived, it was it's my first customer of the day, every day. And when we opened up, it was a skinny little pigeon <laughs> and it was fluttering around and so scared. I'm sorry. They have a wild <laughs> bird going into the kitchen. Is and that then, what you're telling and me? Said, and, I'm, and yeah, and the woman was like, "Oh!" And I was just listening, just eating my soup, just like slurping. And she's like, "Yes." Yeah, so, so every morning it comes in, and I feed it some rice. And now look at it; it's beautiful and chubby and fat. It's the fattest pigeon, and it's so <laughs> oh <my> happy. <laughs> That's so, like, everything about that is wrong. Are you not supposed to give birds rice? Isn't that like a thing? Probably. Well, this page looks very The bird is heavy. just, like, stuffed with rice like a beanie baby. No, Fucking... I'm telling you, this pigeon looks so happy and confident. It's just strutting around. You know, normally Had a little newspaper under its wing. Yeah, seriously. You know, normally birds inside, like, flutter yeah. around on the windows and panic. No, this bird just, like, chuffed its way in, like, with its little chest all puffed out, like, just like chuff, chuff, chuff around under my chair, like with no fear, just like around the counter into the kitchen. And the kitchen had these beautiful fabric, oh like blue patterned doors that were just made out of fabric, obviously. And it just kind of walked like through them <laughs> into the back. And I thought to myself, this is a real test of whether or not I'm a joy-filled person or whether this is an OH&S issue. Yeah. And I have totally, I cannot find a skerrick of me that is not just full of joy about that story. Yeah, look, man, I've eaten. <laughs> we've been to some place in the world. We've eaten some weird shit, and just like if that was me, especially this year, I'm like, whatever. And also, the soup was so delicious, yeah. and I just, I kind of just loved those two women who ran that store. It was just, just yeah. Well, like, don't get used to it because they're going to be shut down for feeding a bird <laughs> in the kitchen. Anyway, that's my little pigeon story. Man, if a health inspector saw that, <laughs> I know. 
You're gonna. I, uh, I was gonna say you did say where it was. No, I didn't say where it was. Anyway, it just filled my heart with joy with their little pet pigeon, and it like comes to her every morning at like six o'clock in the morning when she's opening up. She's gonna kill that bird. Right, <laughs> You're such a mind. Anyway, do you think the episode should be called the Bridgerton Spoon? <laughs> or the Happy Pigeon? Oh, it would have to be like brackets, maybe next year. Best your... of the year. <laughs> Maybe next year your nickname can just be the Happy Pigeon. Have we been going for an hour and 15? Yeah, we have. I mean, I know because we had to get it somehow because I had to go on 10 times. Oh, my God. All right, goodbye. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.